Luke chapter 13. And as you can see there, it says the champion. You know, we all love champions. You know, most of us are not champions. But we certainly admire people who are. You know, there's champions in all walks of life. There's champions on the... Most of the champions who get the most recognition, they seem to be the sporting ones. Isn't that true? They seem to be the most high paid and they seem to have the most focus on them. So they're champions. Um, there's champions in the medical field, in the business realm, you know, in the academic world. There's champions in the Olympics. There's champions in pretty much every area of life. People who bring hope to others. That's what a champion does. They're good at what they do, and they bring hope to others. It's like, well, if they can do it, then maybe I can do it. Or if I can't do it, then they can do it. So champions kind of bring us hope, and they, they um, encourage us. They're able to defeat the opposition in a way we couldn't. They're able to do things that we can't do sometimes. They're able to defend us, you know, military champions. They defend their village or even their nations. You know, they stand up and they support others. They say sometimes they champion the cause. You know, someone might be someone who does a lot of fundraising for cancer research or something. And people say they're a champion of the cause. Someone is an envir environmentalist and they are standing up against global warming and all these things. People say they're a champion for what they believe in. And so champions kind of bring hope. And I want to have a look tonight um, at a story, a simple story. And we all like to have a champion. And of course, our champion is Jesus. We call on the name of the Lord. When we feel weak and we don't know what to pray and we don't know what to do, we call on the name of the Lord because he is our champion. So in uh, Luke chapter 13, there is this story. And it's a very simple story, but it's a very uh, profound story. So I just want to go through a few verses here. In verse 10, it says, Now Jesus... Oops, let's go there. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So here we've got a picture painted of Jesus in a synagogue. It's just the equivalent of being in church on a Sunday, but they were there on the Sabbath, which was the Saturday because that's the Jewish tradition, okay? And it says, there was a woman there, and she had this sickness or this disease or this weakness, this infirmity, for 18 years. And she was bent over and could not raise herself up. So she was like this, and there was no way that she could stand up straight. There was no way that she could raise herself up. And so she was crippled. You know, a lot of us can be feeling like that. We're crippled by things. She had this physical manifestation of uh, an infirmity, and that was she was crippled. But we can have the same thing. We can be bowed down and not be able to lift ourselves up. Okay? 
Sometimes we feel like that. Like if we get bad news, sometimes we get a bad report and it cripples us and we can't straighten up and we can't straighten out our thinking and we can't think straight sometimes. We go, why is this happening? What's going on? You know, who did this or why is it happening? What can we do about it? How can I fix it? Can I fix it? And we get crippled by fear sometimes and crippled by anxiety and crippled by negative thoughts. What is this? What is that? You know, we can't raise ourselves up. Sometimes we can't raise ourselves up to believe God. Sometimes we can't raise ourselves up to even remember a Bible verse. You know, it just things happen sometimes and we can get this crippling thing come upon us. Now, this woman, it doesn't say anything about her apart from the fact that she was there in the synagogue, so she was in the house of the Lord, she had a spirit of infirmity and she'd had it for 18 years. So I presume that she's somebody who actually loves God, even though she's had this problem for a long time. She doesn't hate God. She's not angry at God. She's in the house of the Lord. She's not out, you know, gossiping, bad-mouthing or getting drunk and trying to forget her problems. She's actually in the house of the Lord, even though she struggled with this condition for a long time. Now, was it painful? We don't know. Maybe it was painful. Was it obvious that she had a problem? Absolutely. It was very obvious that she had a problem. And she had it for a long time. We don't know why she had it, but she had it. Now, she'd come into the house of the Lord. She probably did this for years. She probably came every Sabbath, faithfully. She came, she came, she came. But this was a day that was different, okay? Jesus was there this day. And in verse 12, it says, But when Jesus saw her, He called her to him and he said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was straight and glorified God. Isn't that a wonderful verse of scripture? When Jesus saw her, he saw her differently. You know, when the others saw her, what did they see? Oh, that lady who walks like this. That hunchback woman. That's what they saw. Wonder what she did. Wonder why that happened to her. Is that what they saw? When Jesus saw her, he called her to him. And he just said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. That's what he said. He didn't say, you will be. He said, you are. You are loosed from your infirmity. You are whole, you are healed right now. At the word that he spoke, she was loosed. She was loosed through the word of the Lord. He called her, he declared it to her. He did not rebuke her and say, hey lady, why have you got this problem? Why have you had this problem for so many years? What did you do? He didn't blame. 
He didn't put a trip on her. He didn't speak negatively. He just spoke words of faith straight into her body, straight into her spirit, straight into her mind. And he just said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. This was a wonderful day for her. Happy day. Oh, happy day, happy day. You know, she'd come to the house of the Lord how many times? But this was the time, this was the day that Jesus healed her. This was the day that the champion was in the house and he healed her. You know, when we come to the house of the Lord, we don't know that we're going to walk out of here totally different from when we walked in. You can walk in one way and you can walk out another. Even though you may have had the same problem, the same attitude, the same habits you're dealing with for a long time, when Jesus calls you to him, when he speaks into your life, you can go out totally different, totally changed. Amen? So we don't know how long this had happened to her. Another thing is wonderful because he just spoke to her. He just said, woman, you're loose. He didn't say, because of your faith, I'm going to heal you. He didn't say that. He didn't mention her faith. It wasn't mentioned at all. She just turned up at the house of the Lord faithfully and God healed her. It's awesome. Sometimes we think we have to have such great faith, we have to earn our healing. But she didn't. She just faithfully turned up to the house of the Lord. She could have had many excuses. She could have said, it's too painful. People laugh at me. People point at me. I feel shame. I feel discouraged because this has been going for so long. She could have said all those things, the pain, the discomfort, the shame, the embarrassment. She could have said, you know what, nobody there speaks to me. No one comes near me. It's embarrassing. You know, and that happens sometimes in church. But we don't know what happened. But we do know that she didn't make excuses. Sometimes we make excuses. Too tired, too busy, I've got too much to do. But when you make the effort to come to the house of the Lord, God will bless you. It may not happen right then and there, but it might. It might. God loves it when we come to him. So it says, he spoke to her, then he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. Wow, that must have been amazing. There must have been sort of snap, crackle and popping going on. <laughs> yeah. She's been stuck in this position for 18 years and then suddenly she's standing up straight and the first thing she does is she glorifies God. She didn't say to everyone, wow, isn't this amazing? Look at me. Look at me. She didn't say that. She glorified God because she knew how to worship she was a worshipper. Even though she had this problem, she was able to worship the Lord. And no matter what is going on in our lives, we need to know how to worship the Lord and be grateful to Him because He supersedes every situation that can hold us crippled. Amen? 
So then what happens? Everyone should be having a wonderful party now and celebrating. Oh, there's a picture. That's how she was, bowed down. Jesus spoke to her. He said, come over here. Woman, you're healed. Touched her. And she stood up straight. Then, one of the leaders, verse 14, but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. In other words, he was upset. Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. So he's saying, he didn't say it to Jesus. He didn't have the nerve to speak to Jesus and rebuke him. But he said to the crowd, the leader of the synagogue said to the crowd, listen, you people, if you want to be healed, come any other day, but not the Sabbath because you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. Six days you work, and the seventh day is holy to the Lord, belongs to the Lord, and you shouldn't work on that day, okay? And they knew it. And then the Lord answered him. So he spoke to the crowd, because he didn't have the guts to speak to Jesus. But Jesus addressed him straight to his face. And the Lord answered him, and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So he's saying, look, you are accusing me of working on the Sabbath by just speaking to someone and touching you. And yet you take your donkeys and your animals, you take them out of the stall and you lead them over to the water trough to give them drink. Okay? He's saying that's more like work, isn't it? He didn't say that. He didn't need to. He said, you take your ox and your donkey from the stall, lead them away to water them. He's basically saying this was not work. This was a blessing. And then he says this. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has bound... Think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. So he's basically saying, look, you take care of your animals, but you have a problem when I take care of a person. And she's not just a person, she's actually one of you. She's Jewish like you. She's actually family. And you've got a problem with that? It wasn't so much that they had a problem with him healing her. It's that they had a problem with Jesus displaying the power of God. And they just thought he was a carpenter's son. They didn't want to believe that he was the Messiah. So they didn't want these miracles happening. So they said, you shouldn't be doing this. This work on the Sabbath. And the word hypocrite, when Jesus said to him, you're a hypocrite, what does it mean, the word hypocrite? The word hypocrite means to cover up, means to put on a different face. You know, in the, in the Greek um, times they would do um, plays and they would put masks on their face to cover up. And the word hypocrite comes from that. And so he was saying, you've put masks on. You're acting like you're holy. You're acting like you're wonderful leaders. And yet you have bad hearts. 
You don't really care about people. You don't really care. You're hypocrites. And so they were trying to undermine him. It's interesting what happened after that too. It says, when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. So all those who were against him were put to shame because he's basically saying, you should care more about people than you care about your animals. It's hypocritical to think this is work. This is not work. This is a blessing from on high. And so they, when he said it, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude, so all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. So they did not. They knew exactly what was going on. He said, ought. Ought not this woman. Let's go back to it. Ought not this woman. It doesn't mean she should be healed. It means she must be healed. That's how important it is. It's not just something good that should happen. Oh yeah, that should happen. No, he's saying it must happen because she belongs. She belongs to your family. She is deserving of this. She's been bound by the enemy for so long. I wonder what would have happened if they actually prayed for her. But they just didn't even think about it. They didn't even think about it. Probably didn't enter their heads. They thought, you know, this is their problem. It's always going to be her problem. But Jesus sees beyond that. Whatever you're going through, it doesn't have to stay the same. He says, ought not this woman. She must be healed. She must be. And then the, the last scripture that I want to go to is this one, Psalm 3. So Jesus came into this situation as a champion, as a total champion. And all he did was speak the word and lay his hands on her. He was a champion for her. The people rejoiced because hope had come into their midst. This woman who may have seemed hopeless now has hope. And when Jesus comes into our world, when he walks into our room, into our house, into our workplace, hope comes. The champion is here. So Psalm 3, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. He is the glory and the lifter of our head. He is our shield. You know that woman who couldn't lift up her head? The glory of God came into her world, came into her midst, came upon her life and lifted her head, something she could not do for herself physically. And sometimes we feel like that ourselves. Emotionally, we cannot lift our own heads. Spiritually, we cannot lift out prayers because we are discouraged at times. You know, there's things that happen. We live in a fallen world and there is an enemy. That woman just wasn't sick. She was bound by the enemy. And we need Jesus to break his power 
to lose her from her bondage, to lose us from our bondage. And when the champion touches your life, everything changes. Everything changes. Everything that was crooked becomes straight. Everything that's bowed down becomes lifted up. When the champion comes into your world and he's here tonight. Father, I just thank you that you are our champion and that like champions, you are the best at what you do. You bring hope. You go beyond, above and beyond the usual. You go above and beyond what is expected. Lord, you give. You lift. You encourage. You inspire. Lord, I thank you that you are the glory and the lifter of our heads. No matter what's going on in our lives, no matter how long it's been going on, suddenly you can come into our midst and change everything, transform us, shift things, shift things in Jesus' name, move things and set them straight, set them right. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, you defeated our enemies, that you defend us, that you support us, and you strengthen us. In Jesus' mighty name.